0: We are going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 11 today. We're really 9, 10, 11, but mostly chapter 11. So if you want to start turning there in your Bibles, if you have those, um, I'm going to open us up in prayer and then we'll go ahead and get started today. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word and we thank you for the opportunity to be able to study your word, Lord God. We pray that you Be with us as we look to you for rest, Lord, today. We just ask you to bring us peace in our lives. We ask you to bring us rest in our lives, and we ask that you reveal yourself through our words today, through scripture today, Lord God. In your name we pray, amen. So, show of hands, how many of you are tired? Yeah, yeah, everybody, that's good, good, right? So uh, let me follow that up uh, with what I started with. When I say the word tired or ask you... Uh, are you tired? What do you think of? Like, what kind of tired pops to your mind? Yes. Dreaming, Dreaming. yeah. Who is physically tired? I'm, I could go for a nap right now, absolutely. Right? So, we could be physically tired, right? Some of us. Some of us might be just emotionally tired or socially tired, especially after the holidays. Pandemic tired, anybody pandemic tired? right? Yeah, I mean, just look at what we've had to adjust today even for service. Maybe we're financially tired, right? There's lots of different types of tired or things that can exhaust us, and what pops into our mind when we first think of the word tired is probably what is giving us the most stress or weighing the most heavily on us. So, like, I'm very pandemic tired, as I'm sure most of us are, right? Um, like even the most pessimistic of people back in spring 2020, when this happened, thought we would be done with this by now and everything, right? So we're exhausted that way. Um, recently I've been very tired of the weather. I am not an evening storms kind of person. I've never adjusted to that in the South. Even after almost 14 years of living here, I'm a West coast, weather is perfect, Um, my biggest struggle was do I dress warm in the morning because it's foggy and then I'll be hot in the afternoon or dress cold in the morning in shorts and a t-shirt because I'll be warm in the afternoon, right? So like thunderstorms and evening weather, not really my thing. So that's kind of tiring, you know? Um, some of us may be exhausted socially after all the holidays, spending time with friends and family, not even necessarily negatively emotionally tired, just you've spent a lot of energy and time with people, um, that can exhaust us. Maybe some of that is uncomfortable, that time we spend with other people. Maybe we're, or you're exhausted spiritually, like you feel like you're just frequently falling off a treadmill, and that despite your best effort, you just don't feel like you've been making any progress in your Christian walk. So as we start and we enter into a brand new year here in 2022, um, I just want to take a little bit to share about some good news Jesus talks to us about in scriptures about rest the rest and the peace that he brings us and that he can take our burdens off our shoulders. And not only do we have the opportunity in Christ for that, it's actually a central part of Christ's heart and his passion to do so. So let's start reading in Matthew, the end of Matthew chapter 11, starting verse 25. And at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in the heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light." So let's set up some context about what's leading to Jesus to share this with his disciples. So at first, we go back a little bit. In Matthew chapter 9, you see Jesus arriving in his hometown and performing a wide variety of miracles that ends with him continually to go and allow people to come to him, to heal, to teach, to preach, and to continue to work with people because of his compassion. And then in Matthew 10, we see a transition where Jesus is calling his disciples to him, And then sends them out on a mission, sends them out into the towns in the area, and warns them that there's going to be persecution, this is going to be hard work, you're going to be rejected, uh, your mission won't be easy, you're going to be beaten down spiritually and emotionally, but that there'll be rewards at the end. And then Matthew 11 transitions, it starts with John the Baptist, who's sitting in prison at this point, sending his disciples to go ask Jesus, hey, are you actually the Messiah? Did I do all this for nothing, or is this actually what I was supposed to do? And Jesus praises John, condemns cities that haven't repented, and then he ends with this exhortation that God reveals to us that those who seek Jesus can find rest. So, what does this narrative set up to tell us about Jesus and what he's going on? What's going on right now? So, first we see Jesus working hard. Right? We forget sometimes that Jesus. Fully man, as well as fully God, and working physically hard. We see him arriving in his hometown in Matthew 9. We see him as soon as he goes in there, Matthew tells us he immediately has people brought to him who need healing. And he heals that person, and then he goes and he meets Matthew, the author of this gospel, and calls him to be a disciple. And then from there, he ends up having this theological discussion with John the Baptist's disciples around fasting, right? So it's healing, he calls a disciple, then it's this theological discussion, and from there he's brought to a sick girl who's passed away, and he brings the sick girl to life again. Once he's done that, he's asked to heal two blind men, and then he casts out a demon, and then he goes out, continues to be teaching And preaching, and the way Matthew writes this really makes it feel like it's one thing after another, after another, after another, and how many times we feel like we have every day one thing after another, after another, after another, right? I'm sure Jesus is tired and exhausted like we do too, right? We forget that Jesus would get tired, Jesus would get exhausted, Jesus would have the same physical things that we have to deal with, but he continues to let people come to him in his exhaustion, and why. And we see this in Matthew 9, verse 36, and it says, when he, meaning Jesus, saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so the first point I want us to reflect on when we think about the rest that Jesus can provide for us is that Jesus is compassionate. It is not... um, something that's a reluctant concept it's not something that's hard for him to do it's his heart it's hard for people it's who he is he just doesn't have compassion he is compassionate this same story is told by the author mark in the gospel of mark in chapter 6 and mark adds more context to this and we see that jesus had actually sailed to the other side of the lake to get away from people because he needed a rest And the people saw him leaving, and they went around the lake and met him on the other side. And Jesus gets off this boat, thinking he's going to have some time to rest. And there are crowds of people still waiting for him, for healing, for teaching. And so Jesus, in his compassion for us, continued to heal and continued to teach, and not out of obligation, and not because it was his job and like, oh, well, I'm the Messiah, I may as well be doing this. Because of his actual heart of compassion to the people who have come to seek him. We see that Christ is moved because of those who are seeking after him and he sees them like sheep without a shepherd. They need him, like we need him in that same way. He sees these people without a guide, without protection or support and so his compassion moves him past his exhaustion, past his need to rest, to be there for them as they come to him. Sometimes it's hard when we just read the words on the page to forget that Christ is not some stoic philosopher with no emotion, and he just is throwing out wisdom. He was a red-blooded human being who cried and wept for people, who wept for cities in their sin, who called people to repentance, and we see repeatedly his compassion, and he cares for us. And when we are overburdened with whatever we're entering into 2022 with, Christ is there for us with compassion. Then in chapter 10, we see Jesus calls his 12 disciples and he sends them out on mission. And he tells them to go to those who have no shepherd and he gives them the authority to cast out demons and to heal others like he had been doing. And he tells them, hey, this is gonna be hard work. You're going to get beaten down. You'll go on trial. You'll get to defend the Lord. Your families will probably reject you. And that you'll even have some of these hard times because of what I'm asking you to do. And because of these hard times, it will allow you to reach other people that you wouldn't have reached before or been able to without the trial and the tribulation. That you can preach the good news of Jesus more into different groups of people because of the struggle. And through all this, he knows what he's sending his disciples to do. He knows he's asking them to work hard and he knows what's going to happen. And he knows what they're going to encounter, and then he asks them not to fear. Which is what our second point is. When we think about the rest Christ provides for us, we don't need to fear. We don't need to fear about the things that are burdening us or weighing us down. We don't need to fear even that we're coming to him with too many things. Christ knows what he has asked us to do as his followers. He knows the struggles and the burdens we go through on our day-to-day life. He experienced those. He has compassion for us, and he does not want us to fear about them because he is there for us. He then explains to his disciples, like, hey, you don't need to fear. Like, let me explain to you how valued you are to God. And we see this in Matthew 10, verse 29. And he's talking to them. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, meaning God. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. So fear not, therefore, you are more value Of more value than many sparrows so jesus is reminding his disciples here that sparrows that have next to no value they're just tiny birds worth less than a penny are cared for by god and taken care for by god that he knows everything about those birds lives and nothing can happen to those sparrows apart from what god wills and how much more value do we have than a bunch of sparrows that our God is with us through all this stuff. So we know that Jesus is compassionate. He reminds us not to fear with what we're going through. And then we know we can come to Jesus for rest because Jesus says to us, come to me for rest. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, he says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus asks us to come to him to find rest. Think again about the the narrative context that Matthew has set up for us in these couple of chapters. Jesus showing compassion to everyone who is coming to him, Jesus sending his disciples out. Into what he knows is, knows is challenging, hard, challenging, and difficult work. Jesus reassures John the Baptist that the hard work he did isn't forgotten and that he's valued and we're valued by the Father. And now he tells us to come to him and find rest after all these things. So Jesus knows and understands our struggles, he knows our exhaustion, he knows us being tired. He knows our desire and our need for peace. He was fully human. He experienced these same emotions, some of these same physical strains, some of the same emotional stresses that we go through or that we're going through right now. And because of that, there is no one more understanding of our experience than Jesus. He understands us and our need. And he asks us, listen, I know life can get weary. Come get rest with me. Jesus describes himself here as uh, gentle and lowly, and it's something I want to spend just a a moment unpacking. There is a book out there called Gentle and Lowly by a pastor named Dane Ortland. that if you want to look into more of this, I would recommend you picking up. Um, kind of talks more about why Jesus describes himself in this way and what these words mean, but I do want to just spend a second, though, why is Jesus describing us? What do these words gentle and lowly mean? And the word gentle here is used, we see, three other times in the New Testament. We see once it's in the Beatitudes where Jesus proclaims that um, those that are meek in spirit will inherit the earth. So that word meek is translated the same Greek word as gentle here. Um, there's another time Jesus uses it in Matthew when he's talking about a prophecy that the Messiah will come humbly riding on a donkey, right? So that same word, humble. And then again, that word is used one more time in 1 Peter, when, first, uh, when Peter, not First Peter, he's Peter, when Peter... Um, uses the same word as gentle, the word gentle, when encouraging wives to nurture a gentle and quiet spirit. So we see these three definitions of meek, gentle, and humble being used in this way. And this is what Dane Ortland in his book says about it. Meek, humble, and gentle. Jesus is not trigger happy, not harsh or reactionary, not easily exasperated. He's the most understanding person in the universe. The posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms. Again, Christ lived on earth. He felt the strain of life. He saw the way his friends were burdened. Trying to live a life that was holy and pleasing to God, like us. How challenging it was. He saw his friends tired and fearful, and he doesn't condemn us for it or demand we shape up or get out if we want to follow him, he gets down on his knees humbly and opens his arms and asks us to come and rest in him, to let him take our burdens off of us. The word lowly also gets defined as humble, but in a way that means accessible. So again, Dane Ortland from his book, says it this way, the point in saying that Jesus is lowly is that he is accessible. For all his resplendent glory and dazzling holiness his supreme uniqueness and otherness, no other one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. There are no re- prerequisites. There are no hoops to jump through. The minimum bar to be enfolded into the embrace of Jesus is simply open yourself up to him. That is all he needs. Indeed, it's the only thing he works with. Verse 28 of our passage in Matthew 11 tells us explicitly who qualifies for fellowship with Jesus. All who labor and are heavy laden. I think sometimes I feel like, and maybe you feel the same way, that you feel guilty coming to Jesus for something like rest. Like, after all, he's like the king of the universe. He's running the universe. He's going to come back one day and redeem all of creation. He died for us on the cross. He conquered death and sin and shame for us. And sometimes I feel like, man, he's done all this for us. The most I can do, at least I can do, is just kind of hang on and get through my life. Like he's done a lot, he's done everything for me. I can just cling on and we're good. I can tough it out another couple days or years or the rest of my life, right? And I forget that Jesus is multifaceted and just because he's described in these ways in scripture doesn't mean those are wrong and doesn't mean those are the only things he is. And we see that he is compassionate towards us. He understands our struggles and wants us not to fear. And he wants us that when we are overburdened, and when we feel like we just need to stay in bed and when we feel weary and tired and the yoke is too much, that he reminds us, listen, my yoke is light and my burden is easy. Or the other way around. Which is kind of the exact opposite of I anything mean, about it. With the, the job of a yoke, which is a big wooden thing they put on oxen to make sure they walked in the straight line when they plowed fields, was that it was supposed to be challenging, heavy, and hard. It was supposed to keep them going in line. So if Jesus is saying, hey, my yoke is easy, that's the complete opposite of what a yoke is. And if he says, my burden is light, well, if you have a light burden, you don't have a burden, right? And so what Jesus is asking us to remember is that what he's asking us to do and what he is doing for us is not some weighed down, super extra thing that we're putting on our shoulders. It's something that he's taking off. It's something he's taken for us. And as we go through into 2022. we know that the God who rules the universe is the God who wants us to just say, Lord, I'm tired. It's been a year. It's been rough. And I just need rest. And he's there to provide. And he's there willingly, hoping that we ask him that. Not just hoping that we ask him for salvation, not just hoping to ask him for forgiveness of our sins, not just hoping to ask us for sanctification, all those things he obviously provides, but he's hoping we just ask him like, God, please, I just need a break. I just need rest. And that doesn't mean he's going to eliminate every single burden of our lives instantly or anything like that, right? But that means he is there to embrace us and to be there for us. I have one last quote from Dane Ordlin. He says, you don't need to unburden or collect yourself and then come to Jesus. Your very burden is what qualifies you to come. No payment is required. He says, I will give you rest. His rest is a gift. It's not a transaction. Whether you are actively working hard to crowbar your life into smoothness or passively finding yourself weighed down by something outside of your control, Jesus Christ's desire that you find rest that you come in out of the storm, outstrips even your own. And so I want to encourage you that as we enter and we start this new year with new challenges and same challenges, with new things that will overwhelm us and stress us out and burden us, or things that we're continued to be overwhelmed, stressed, and burdened by, that the same God who wants us to come to him to say, Lord, I'm exhausted. Life is tiring and life is hard. And I'm trying to follow you the best I can, but it's not easy. And then Jesus reminds us that his burden is light and his yoke is easy. And he is compassionate. And he understands. And he is here for us. That he just wants us to seek him out, to collapse in his arms when we need to and allow him to give us the rest that we need and so I want to give us a few minutes of reflection before we go into communion um, that's Katie just to play a little bit and I just want to take some time allow us to just have some time to really reflect on what do we need from Jesus what peace and rest can he provide for us as we start a new year so I'll give a few minutes to think through that to reflect on that to pray through that